We're all confident about some huge free agents that the Colts should re-sign, but no one really wants to talk about what happens if they unexpectedly lose those guys. Until today. You are Locked On Colts, your daily Indianapolis Colts podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right. Thanks for tuning in and making us your first listen of the day. This is your daily podcast covering your Indianapolis Colts, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And today's show is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On for $20 off of your first purchase. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the show. Hope you had a good Valentine's Day. I am Jake Arthur, and joining me is the biggest sweetheart I know. Zach Hicks, and you know the two of us from HorseshoeHuddle.com. And today we are trudging into unfun territory. Uh, the Colts do have some pretty significant free agents this offseason, uh, but the, the topic isn't often broached of what happens if they lose those guys because it seems like a foregone conclusion that they'll be back. So we're talking today about wide receiver Michael Pittman Jr., defensive tackle Grover Stewart, and cornerback, your nickel, and really your your, your full-time cornerback, number one, Kenny Moore. And, uh, you know, initially, both Zach and I doing preparation for this episode is, wow, the Colts cannot lose these guys. Uh, but we're going to start first with the guy who, he's the straw that stirs the drink in the passing game, and that's Michael Pittman Jr. Uh, so he's coming off a career year. Uh, could have easily been a pro bowler, but he's he's put together numerous solid seasons. Uh, he's had a couple of these years now in the last three years of, you know, uh, right around this hundred catch mark, over a thousand yards. And so this guy is, he's really important. And, and we've seen, he, he was like 27% of the Colts pass targets uh, in 2023. He missed that game against the Falcons. And we saw how uh, how critical of a loss that was just in that one game sample size, Zach. So let's talk about it. We, I, I think we're both on the same page that he's not getting out the door this year. Uh, franchise tag will be the saving grace at worst, basically. I don't expect the Colts to use the franchise tag as like a, a hostage tactic. I do expect them, if they use it, to really be something that buys them time to get a multi-year deal cracked out. Uh, but man, what do the Colts do if they if they do lose Pittman? Well, uh, in this crazy hypothetical world where Michael Pittman Jr. does depart from the Colts in free agency and, and becomes the best free agent wide receiver in the last like six years of the NFL, okay. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I do think that the, luckily what we're seeing lately with the NFL is there's a lot of talent coming in from the draft. There's a lot of talent coming in uh, just through the college level to the NFL from, or when, or when it comes to wide receivers. So, you know, Michael Pittman Jr. would be a massive loss and, and I don't think that they could easily replace that, but you know, it's maybe it's not as bad as what it is uh, for other positions where other positions it's like, okay, we got to sign some substandard uh, replacement in free agency, or we got to draft a position. We got to draft that position and, and hope we can develop them. Whereas with receiver, it seems like guys are coming in from day one 
and producing. I mean, Puka Nakua was a 1,400-yard guy with with the Rams. Uh, even I mean, you want to go back to Michael Pittman Jr. It took him one year as a rookie to be this 1,000-yard receiver as a sophomore and then be a 1,000-yard receiver every year since with the Colts. So I do think if the Colts do lose Michael Pittman Jr. or even if they don't lose Michael Pittman Jr., they really need to be honing in on the wide receiver prospects in this draft uh, and really add to this wide receiver room. So, uh, yeah, I do think, you know, if they in some crazy world, they lose Pittman Jr. or something happens and just that relationship deteriorates before we, you know, even worse than the Jonathan Taylor situation. I think that they would approach this this uh, vacancy through the draft. I think either at pick 15, maybe early second round with that with that 45th pick or, or 47th pick uh, in round two. I think that would be the route the Colts would go instead of, you know, signing a substandard. I mean, you're not going to get a good wide receiver in free agency unless Michael Pittman Jr. hits, which, right. <laughs> you know, that that kind of brings us all the way back to this situation. So I wouldn't expect the Colts to approach it through free agency. It's just not a great avenue to go for wide receivers. Uh, the draft would be really where you'd want to go if you do lose Pittman Jr. I agree. I think they have to because, again, you're, you're, Pittman is such an important part of the passing game that you can't expect someone else on the who's already on the roster to come in and fill that. And then again, players of that ilk aren't in the free agent market. So you have to take a big swing in uh, in the draft or hope for a trade somewhere. But that's that's way more hypothetical and you get into the weeds with that. Uh, but yeah, it immediately becomes arguably your, your top target in the draft. Uh, probably have to use it at 15. Uh, a couple pipe dreams, you know, and, and maybe you even it influences you, influences you to move up a little bit for guys like Malik Neighbors and Roma Dunze, who are probably going to be out of reach. We know Marvin Harrison Jr. is going to, and I still don't even think that would be a scenario for the Colts if they lose Pittman. Um, but, you know, you spoke with Ian Cummings for yesterday's episode about receivers at all points of the draft, uh, which is, you know, a great topic to go watch after this if you didn't already. Uh, but, you know, when you look in the first round, I think you could include Brock Bowers in it. I mean, I know he's a tight end, but you're looking for that tough run after the catch over the middle ability. And that's a guy who could help step up there, even though tight ends. I mean, not everyone's Sam Laporta. Guys do take a little bit at that position to acclimate. Uh, I think Keon Coleman, if you're looking for an X type receiver, someone go over the middle. But then you've got your more explosive types. Uh, Brian Thomas, Adani Mitchell, Jalen Polk, guys you you guys covered yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. I think the big thing when you're looking at, again, in this hypothetical world where you have to replace Michael Pittman Jr., what are you replacing him with? Are you replacing him with a younger version of Michael Pittman Jr.? Or are you trying to get just a different style of wide receiver? Like, say you go Brian Thomas Jr. at pick 15, because that's probably where you're going to have to take him come draft day if you want him. Mm -hmm. So you take him at 15. Well, now you kind of have him as a Z receiver. You have Alec Pierce. That's more of a Z receiver. Do you trust Pierce to do the Michael Pittman Jr. thing, which is win in the short game, win over the middle, you know, catch the contested passes in the short to intermediate game? He hasn't really shown us enough in, in those phases to replace Pittman Jr. in that aspect. So if you want to go for more of a Michael Pittman Jr. type of player, then a Keon Coleman makes sense. Then an A.D. Mitchell makes sense or a Jalen Polk makes a lot of sense. Uh, those guys who can win over the middle, those guys who can win in the short game and create after the catch. So it really comes down to, again, in this crazy hypothetical where the Colts lose Pittman Jr., what do you want to replace him with? Do you want a different type of receiver in general or do you want just a younger Pittman Jr.? Uh, so I think there's multiple ways you could go with it. I do think Malik Neighbors and Roma Dunze are probably unrealistic dreams. I mean, again, 
We talked about this a couple weeks ago, but trading up for a receiver in this market with how many good receivers are coming out in draft classes is just not a good use of, of draft capital. Uh, but Brock Bowers, I think, is an option regardless of what happens with Pittman Jr. I know you guys talked about it on here uh, last week, and, and I've been really banging that drum there on social media is that, mm -hmm. look, Brock Bowers is the perfect complementary piece to this offense. So uh, I, do, I do think there's a lot of ways the Colts could go with this, but you know, if you lose a Pittman Jr., again, it really comes down to your flavor. What do you want at wide receiver? Do you want just another explosive player like a Brian Thomas Jr. or Xavier Worthy or something like that, just more speeds to your offense? Or do you want the younger version of him, which is Keon Coleman? You know, he, he might not separate as well as Pittman Jr., but he has, you know, that contested catchability, good hands. Uh, A.D. Mitchell, great route runner, can separate. Jalen Polk can win over the middle and do those intermediate type things that Pittman Jr. was doing. So, I do think there are some options if the Colts wanted to go this route, but ultimately I do think it would be smarter to have Pittman Jr. and also look at these guys too. I think that's the ultimate smart option uh, for the Colts. I hate looking at this Doomer philosophy, this Doomer like perspective that you brought me on to, Jake. I mean, this is crazy. We got to get dark sometimes. I mean, the light <laughs> has to shine through the dark. We can't get to the, the fun parts of a free agency before we visit this. Uh, but no, an another unfun part of that is, I mean, Yes, you teams are finding receiver help all throughout the draft, but I think it would be really risky to come out of round two without having get gotten a receiver yet. I think you would have to do it in those first two uh, rounds. But we'll move on and talk about the defensive side of the ball here in a minute. We got a couple guys who pretty much hammer out to be just as critical to the defense as Pittman is to the offense. Sometimes we all need the opportunity to get something off of our chest. Big or small, certain things can really start to get to you. It's important to let that out, especially to someone who's unbiased in your life. If you're like me, uh, I know, I don't know if it's social anxiety or whatever, but I am wildly annoyed by people being in my way, <laughs> uh, whether it's at the store, driving, whatever. Like, I, I've got high blood pressure, too. I take medication for it, but like, it just makes me blow my top. I, I'm a fast paced person and it just bugs me, uh, but I let it annoy me way too much. And therapy can be different for everyone, leading me to say, maybe I need to work my, my stuff out. Uh, most of us have bigger problems than our favorite sports team, and it's important to get things off your chest every once in a while. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. Today's episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. It's entirely online, designed to be flexible and suited to your schedule. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOn to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash LockedOn. All right, so let's look at the defense. And we know Chris Ballard's philosophy is always build from inside out. Shane Steichen is very much of that thought process as well. And this, this is a good example here. We've talked about Grover Stewart being a guy the Colts have to resign. Uh, for several weeks now, we've literally talked about it since this season was in play still. Because, again, like I mentioned with Michael Pittman Jr., he missed the one game and it was ugly without him. We saw a six-game sample of the Colts without Grover Stewart, and it was worse without him. Uh, and he's got a big impact on those around him as well. And so the Colts really... He he may be priority one to them. I don't know. Or he just may be such a layup to them that they know they have to resign him. Uh, but it gets a little more sticky and a little more costly when it comes to replacing Grover, I think. Isn't that right, Zach? Yeah, I mean, I think I've talked about this in the past quite a bit where 
when it comes to one text or it comes to nose tackles, unless you're drafting a guy like Vita Vea at the top of the first round. And again, it's hard to draft a two down player that high in the draft. So mm-hmm. that's where the push pull comes with it. But unless you're drafting a guy like that, nose tackles typically don't hit their peak until they're around 28, 29, 30 years old, uh, because it, it just takes a while to, to really gain the proper experience and knowledge you need to play that position to gain the proper strength and just, you know, to grow into your grown man body. You know, again, we can, we can look at these draft prospects at 20, 21 years old and they're still growing. They're still getting bigger. They're still adding muscle mass by the time they're 28, 29, 30, these guys are rugged, you know, older dudes who have just Mm. been through uh, the battlegrounds at this point. So I don't think you can really replace a nose tackle with a draft pick, or if you do replace it with a draft pick, you have to have, very good veterans there to supplant them a, a little bit, like to be like supplementary players alongside that, that young draft pick. So, you know, we can look at like a Johnny Newton type guy who is more of a three tech and maybe play some one tech if you want him to. I mean, if you want to get a little crazy with it and who, a guy who I think is going to be a superstar in the NFL, but I don't think that immediately helps your run defense going into next year if you don't have Grover Stewart. So yeah, with this one, I mostly look at free agency and when I look at free agency, I see a lot of guys who are just not as good as Grover Stewart. So, mm-hmm. Jake, I you know, look, I love Colts fans. I love doing this podcast with you. I, I feel like if Grover Stewart isn't back in Indy, I might not be back. In, I might just follow Grover Stewart wherever he goes, man. I, I think, <laughs> like, oh man, it, I can't, I can't go through six more games. I can't go through a whole season seeing the run defense the way the Colts run defense was without Grover Stewart last year. And and look, some of these names we have on here are solid players. Like they're they they'd be great depth players behind Grover Stewart if we ever were to lose Grover Stewart again. But mm-hmm. we need Grover Stewart forever on the field just so we don't have to watch what happens when he's not on the field with the Indianapolis Colts defense. Yeah, Zach Hicks and Grover Stewart tied at the hip, just like we all knew. No, I, I think was when we first started this show was Grover one of the 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 sponsored members of I know like Tylen Granson <laughs> I think Grover was too. It's always uh, Grover man. It's always but, it's always been Grover for me. That was you know oh, that yeah. you know going back that was one of my bigger hits man. I mean back in mm-hmm. like 2018 when I when I joined uh you know writing about the Colts it was like look Grover Stewart is a fantastic player and and people need to to be on the lookout but yeah, I mean, look, again, there are some solid names in free agency. So let's let's go through the doomsday scenario. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's the end of the world. I, I'm no longer an indie because Grover Stewart's gone. And now you're just doing this show solo. You know, we're looking at like a Daquan Jones type. I, I think mm-hmm. Daquan Jones is very good. He's a little bit older, but very good. Greg Gaines, I think, is a really good one tech who, who you know, I threw on here. And then you can go a little bit higher up with like Christian Wilkins and Javon Kinlaw types. But I, it just doesn't do it for me, man. It doesn't do it unless you're getting like a DJ reader who mm-hmm. I think is on a very similar tier as Grover Stewart and just a fantastic run defender. Your run defense is going to get so much worse without Grover Stewart next season if you don't re-sign him. Yeah, because that that's the thing here. There's there's no winning scenario in them losing Stewart because if you lose him, you're going to have to go for someone who's more expensive, maybe a little younger, but more expensive in Wilkins or Reader. Uh, or you're going to have to take a step down in in the the effectiveness and talent department. That's when you you talked about those guys. You also got you know Tier Tart, uh, Ashawn Robinson, like Sheldon Rankins, Raekwon Davis. Those guys like none of those really move the needle like just simply having Grover Stewart does. And you know, I, I this Grover almost feels like the Jack Doyle of the Colts defense to me, or 
you know, he's going to stay in. They're, they're going to make sure they have to do what happens at all times, even if it's pay him, you know, a pretty penny. Because he's arguably Chris Ballard's biggest success story, too. What yeah. was it? Four, fourth round out of Albany State in 2017. He he literally has taken the career trajectory and like draft and development that that Chris Ballard preaches all the time. He's the prototype for what they want to do. And I can't see them offering him anything unreasonable. I I, I think obviously they'll do what it takes to to keep him in in tow. But again, they're they're gonna have to take a, a big step back. And and I think they realize they're gonna have to invest in the position heavily this year which is another reason, you know, they have to do it, but they're going to have to, I, I don't see it being done in the draft either. Just like you mentioned, like the, it's just not it. Like these guys, you need immediate help if you lose him. So it has to be done in free agency. And so you're either going to overpay for someone else when you could have just paid Grover what he's worth while he's still in his prime or sign like two of these lower level guys. And none of those scenarios really work well. Yeah. I mean, cause like let's say the top options to replace him are Christian Wilkins, DJ reader and Daquan Jones, three different levels of what you'd have to pay mm-hmm. and Grover Stewart. You could get around 12 to $15 million per year is what I would guess. You know, it's like a three year, $45 million contract around that to get him back here or two year, 30 million, whatever it's going to be. If you go for Christian Wilkins, then you're investing 40 something million dollars a year into defensive tackles because Wilkins is going to be in the 20 plus million dollar a year range. And if you're going DJ reader, you're just replacing Grover Stewart with someone at like the same monetary value to give you the same kind of impact. So why not Grover Stewart? And then Daquan Jones, a player who's coming off a big injury from this past season, a little bit older, maybe you save some money here, but at what cost, you know, what's the expense you're, you're losing a, a core player in Grover Stewart. So I'm with you. I think, you know, when you look at Chris Ballard's history with the Colts, this is one of the biggest wins he's had. Actually, I think the three players we're talking about today are like three of his absolute biggest wins, and and they show Mm -hmm. different degrees of where he's won. You know, getting a premium position in Michael Pittman Jr. early in the draft, hitting on a day three player in Grover Stewart, and then the undrafted free agent find that is Kenny Moore II. So that's why I think all three of these players are so valuable. But to go off that tangent, I mean, look, Grover Stewart is an immensely valuable player to this defense. We saw it last year when he missed when he missed games. Uh, the Colts can't afford to lose him because, look, of all the players we're talking about today, the options after him are probably the most like dire and just uninspiring. So I, I would really want to bring back Grover Stewart the most. I, I mean, again, in the back of my mind, I know we're not losing Michael Pittman Jr. So mm-hmm. after that, Grover Stewart becomes priority one for me. I would say so. And even regardless, I let's say, you know, they're going to bring Grover back. I kind of would like to see them bring Ken Law in to be that next guy, but I think that's going to be expensive. But he only just started to kind of turn it up in his career. So we'll see. I think for the right price, Ken Law, who I know they really liked in that draft class, um, to, to essentially come full circle and be behind DeForest Buckner, who they were traded for back in the day. Uh, I, I think that would be a nice interior punch. Because, again, you and I talked um, before this. They have to add multiple interior guys this year. Yeah. I mean, heck, add Sheldon Rankins or Greg Gaines mm-hmm. or Ashawn Robinson or Raekwon Davis. Add any of them to be the backup to Grover Stewart. Give mm-hmm. them a pretty penny so you can rotate a little bit more. But uh, don't do not do that at the expense of Grover. I feel like our, our end of each of these segments is going to be, like, yeah, <laughs> add all these players that we're talking about on top of re-signing the player that we're talking about. <laughs> like I think It, co- it I comes think back around. You have to have all these guys back. 
Yeah, it does. It does. But coming up, guys, we're going to talk about one of my all-time favorite Colts players and Kenny Moore the second, and if the Colts can afford to lose him, who, again, he kind of seems like the most likely to depart out of this whole group. Can the Colts afford to lose him? We're going to talk about that here in just a second. But first, buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for all the fun you'll ever have. I personally love game time because if I feel like being spontaneous and going to a show or something on a whim... I can go right to them and not have to browse a bunch of different places. Actually, guys, recently I got shows where two of my favorite all-time bands are coming to Baltimore near me, uh, Insomnium and Wilderun. To all two of you guys out there who might know who they are, I got tickets and I got them through Game Time. It was fantastic. I loved getting them. Um, and you know, with their flash deals, images of seat views, and lowest price guarantee, Game Time is an easy choice. It's the fastest-growing ticketing app in the country. For a reason, get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds. Two taps and you're set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. Snag the tickets without stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. All right, Jake, so we're looking at the potential departure of Kenny Moore II in free agency. And again, this one seems the most likely out of all the ones we're talking about just because in the past there has been a rift between him and the Indianapolis Colts. There was that weird holdout type thing with him. His play tempered off after that. Now, he picked up his play this past season. uh, One, I think, defensive player of the week at one week this year with his two-pick-six performance against the Carolina Panthers. Uh, played some really good football. And then on his exit interviews with, with Colts media, he said he doesn't want to leave Indy. So signs are looking good that he's going to be back. But in the unfortunate event that he does depart from Indy this offseason, you have some guys here in free agency that you're looking at. Who, who do you like for the Colts in free agency? Yeah, and, and for this one, you know, we've talked about, you know, with receiver, you almost have to go through the draft. Nose tackle for Grover, you, you probably need to go through free agency. I think especially at a position like this where we've already been talking all offseason about cornerback being a big need, you got to do it through both free agency and the draft. Uh, So when you're looking at free agency, if you want someone to specifically play the nickel, um, I I mean, they don't necessarily have to be Kenny because Kenny does it all. He's a thousand snap guy for your defense at all times. But if you want, if you're putting your young bucks, Juju Branson, whoever else on the other side, and just a a nickel, um, you know, you got Kendall Fuller, Adoree Jackson, Keyshawn Nixon, uh, you mentioned Tavier Thomas. Uh, these guys are all a little older, but they've got experience playing the nickel at a high level. And, you know, we've seen before, there are there are some slot receivers around the NFL that can just take things over and kill you. That is not a throwaway position. Like, you've got to have someone with fluidity and who can tackle because they're going to be playing closer to the line as well. It's an important position. So, even if your plan is to draft someone who we know the Colts, their goal last offseason was to get young at cornerback. Kenny Moore was a, a holdover from that. So if if he were to if he were to go in for agency, they almost certainly would draft someone. Uh, but you have to have someone with experience as well because you do have Chris Lamonts. That's a plus. But you should look bigger. You, you should look beyond that. 
Tony Brown's not there. We know we know how that looked, even though that was on the outside against the Saints. Um, <laughs> you've just got to get someone experienced and who's done it well. And I think any of those guys would be adequate. Yeah, I think my top two there uh, in free agency would be Kendall Fuller or Tavier Thomas. Tavier Thomas had some good run there with the Houston Texans over the years. I know he's a little bit older, despite not really playing too much in the NFL. He's kind of bounced around a little bit before finding his footing there in Houston, but he's a good player. And then Kendall Fuller, you know, he's a guy who throughout his entire career, he's bounced between being outside and inside. Uh, you know, he, he was outside early in his career with the Commanders, uh, moved inside before he got traded for Alex Smith back in the day. Uh, to the Kansas City Chiefs and then signed back with the commanders and did a little bit of both as well. So he's a guy who, like, if you're looking at it, someone who can replace Kenny Moore's impact as a base defense outside corner and then slot corner on nickel and dime stuff, that's more of a Kendall Fuller type for you. Uh, so I do think that makes a lot of sense. But outside of that, I think maybe in free agency, like, again, in the disaster scenario that Kenny Moore the second leaves, maybe in free agency you go for more of the pure outside guy. And then the draft, you look for more of a guy who can play a little bit in the inside. Like, I don't know this, this, I think you can play around with it a little bit more because you need so many corners anyway in this, on this team that you're going to take multiple guys. You're going to sign multiple guys. So you can kind of be a little more, you know, unique with it. You can be a little more interesting with it. And there's one guy in the draft who I, I just want to, you know, transition to talk about this one guy. One guy that's really interesting to me is a Cooper DeGene out of Iowa, mm -hmm. a guy who can play on the outside, can play in the slot, can play some safety, very versatile chess piece for your defense with great playmaking ability. Uh, reminds me a lot of Kenny in a lot of ways in terms of just how he makes those big plays and how he's so good and instinctual in zone coverage. Uh, so that's a guy where like, yeah, say you go out there and you sign like a good outside corner, like Chidabea Wuzier or something like that on the outside. Then you can grab a Cooper DeGene and you can use him all over your defense in multiple ways. Uh, I do think there's a way they can get really unique with it on their defense if they let Kenny walk. But again, the better scenario is just bring Kenny back and then figure out the rest after that. But uh, Cooper DeGene is a guy where if you're trying to replace exactly what Kenny does, because something that the Colts rolled out a lot last year with Kenny was they did a lot of this like inverted zone coverage drop into cover two and quarters where Kenny would start over in the slot and then he would drop off to be the deep safety. And then they would bring in Julian Blackman or Nick Cross to play more over the middle as like a sub linebacker type thing um, after disguising it pre-snap. So a Cooper DeGene makes sense for that because he can play some of that deep safety with his range and instincts. So I think a Cooper DeGene makes a lot of sense if you let Kenny walk, but he also makes a lot of sense if you don't let Kenny walk. You know, he kind of fits this defense really well. Yeah, and I'm glad you mentioned that because it does. they don't have to necessarily bring in someone just for the nickel because we know that this is all moving parts. Like they could bring in this guy to do this and then just rotate what they already have. We know Nick cross factors into this Julian Blackman. We've seen him play nickel before. So there is a lot they can do with that. Uh, but, you know, beyond the gene, you know, in this draft, you're looking at Ennis Rakestraw and Chris Abrams, Dre in the Missouri duo, uh, Kalen King from Penn state, Mike Sanders still from Michigan. Uh, there, there are some guys capable of doing it. I think, um, I mean, tape obviously speaks for itself. Not all these guys are have played significant nickel roles, but like when you watch the combine, uh, for those of you guys watching this, watch guys' hips and, and watch like their change of direction because you know when you're outside, things are longer developing and they can just be straight line speed things like that. But we're talking about guys covering like the Josh Downs types of the world, uh, just 
they have to be able to cover these shifty guys, sudden movements, breaking in, breaking out, how you turn around. There's Just watch how these guys basically move in a phone booth uh, when you're watching the combine workouts because that's, that's going to be huge because not everyone can do it. A lot of times it's – I don't want to say considered a throwaway position, but like it's the, the least glamorized of the cornerback spots. Like people just don't talk about it a lot. But it's so critical, and it takes us, it takes special abilities to be able to do it. One more thing I'll add to that, it, just because you're giving people a watch list here, what to watch at the combine and stuff. When you're watching on film and you want to see if a guy can transition to play nickel in the NFL, see how well they tackle and how physical they are in the run yes. game. Because we talked about if we lose Grover Stewart, how bad the Colts' run defense would be. How bad would the Colts' run defense be without Kenny Moore? Because Kenny Moore was the only positive. I mean, okay, Juju Brents as well, but Juju Brents missed a lot of the season. Kenny Moore was the only positive impact run defending corner for the Colts last year. Jalen Jones could not tackle. He was throwing his head at people, but he couldn't tackle. Daryl Baker Jr. had no interest in tackling people last year at corner. So if you lose a Kenny Moore, you have, I mean, outside of Juju, who we don't even know if he can stay healthy for an entire season, you don't have corners that can tackle. And that's just going to open up your defense to more runs to the outside. I mean, look at how many plays over these past couple seasons against the Colts where teams would throw a bubble screen to it uh, onto the nickel side or they would throw a toss play to the nickel side or anything like that. And how many plays Kenny Moore made in the backfield because he's that instinctual, he's that physical, he's that strong of a tackler. Losing that, you know, if you're looking at a replacement type player for the Colts, you need to look at a guy who can tackle. Because that's what Kenny Moore can do. And that's what he can do better than just about any nickel in the NFL right now. Yeah, absolutely. Which, again, comes back to our point of the Colts should not lose Kenny Moore because it is more trouble than it's worth. What does his price tag look like? I don't know. Because, uh, I mean, obviously, the the, price, the salary cap always goes up. The price always goes up on these guys. And you can't really play him like a nickel defender because he's not just that he just happens to be the Colts nickel defender but he put he's a starter on the outside you know again like I mentioned he's a thousand snap guy he is always among your top three top three top five most played snaps on your defense every year that he's healthy uh so he's gonna cost a pretty penny but he's obviously worth it Yep, exactly. We're going to get out of here into a second, guys. But first, Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every single league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to your first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. If you guys don't already, make sure you're following at Locked On Colts, at Jake Arthur NFL, and at Zach Kicks 2 all on Twitter slash X, whatever you want to call it. All subscribe to us on YouTube or wherever you list your podcast. We love your guys' ratings, reviews, and we'll catch you guys back here bright and early tomorrow morning.